What's up, everyone? I'm Johnny. And I'm Elliot. And welcome to the Sport Mind Avenue podcast, the intersection of all things currently happening in sports and the psychological impacts it can have on athletes in the community. And if you want to learn more about how to improve your mental understanding of sports, or you just wish to view more podcasts like this one, then go check out mind-designsports.org and get your head in the game. Welcome back to the Sport Mind Avenue podcast, the intersection of all things currently happening in sports and the mental impacts it can have on athletes in the community. On today's episode, we have our first ever interview slash our guest for the entire episode, Mr. Michael Berger. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. We have playoff talk, NIL rulings, Olympic scandals. We have all kinds of stuff to talk about today. So let's go ahead and get into it. How are we doing today, boys? Doing well, can't Popping. complain. All right, all right. Good, good. Doing so, good. But before we get into anything that's really relevant, uh, a couple big announcements from the crew. Elliot is 1-0 and as a basketball coach at the YMCA, so congratulations to him. Strong. Thank you. Thank you. you know, we say you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. So. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> it all starts with the first one. You can only right. go up from there. That's right. And I am now apparently a barstool athlete as a D1 fraternity softball player. So nice. that's also <laughs> big news. <laughs> Sponsored and everything? Uh, I don't know what that means at all for me. I don't, but. I don't think he knows what it means either, Dave Portnoy. Uh, but I am one, so let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Congratulations. You love to see it. <laughs> now you all have right. to drink a beer before every game. So how do we want to do this today? We want to start with the interview and then get into sports talk. Do we want to flip back and forth? Whatever you guys want I think, to do. I'm, I'm down. I'm saying we should start with a little NBA finals. Yeah. I'm feeling that. I like that. I yeah. like that move. Yeah. So Suns are up 2-0. Uh, As everyone could have predicted. They are Sweet. cooking right now. What do we think about it? Listen, I think it's going to be Suns in five. Suns in six, but here's my here's my take. Um, I get a I'm in this group chat with three kids I go to school with. You know, I told you they're all Bucks fans. I get like this group chat, this like text in the second quarter. Um, Bob, uh, Suns versus refs. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where have the refs yeah. ever been bad? Like, this is. I, and then I just start turning back to them. The Suns are the better. All right, well, why Ben is cutting out, um, I'm going to <laughs> throw some – I'm just going to throw some statistics out there. Um, the Suns have been playing a lot better basketball overall. They've been hitting their shots. Their whole team is getting baskets. Their depth is phenomenal. Mikhail Bridges, 27 points in the last game on 38 minutes. Yeah. Also, Crowder, also doing great. DeAndre Ayton, 11 rebounds all, right up there with Crowder. They're doing phenomenal. They're keeping the points spread out, so it's not just one person they have to rely on, as opposed to the Bucks, where they only have four players that are over 10 points, one of them being Giannis having 42 yeah. points, and the next highest player is 17 with Drew Holiday. They're, they're not spread out and very uh, depth-focused on the Bucks side, as opposed well, to the Sun side, which is very spread out in terms of points. Here's my thing is, think of it, guys. You have 
you have this Hawks series. Um, and my friend made a good point. My friend Spencer, who's a Hawks fan, said when Giannis got hurt in Game Four, the Bucks as a team played better. You notice that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday ran the point up. They were more spread out. Now that Giannis is back, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like the production has gone down from the rest of the team. Gian- yeah, Giannis is going to score his forty points and hog the ball, but Middleton and Holiday have not played good in these first two games. And that comes to question. Yes, Giannis is the best player on the court, but is the team better with Giannis on the floor? I think the team is better, but the fact is that they don't have any other star players. The next closest star player is Drew yeah. Holiday, who who is he's all right, but I would not classify him as an all star player, think. even though he is going to be on the Team USA just because people opted yeah. out. But. Yeah. You have, then you have Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. And then P.J. Tucker isn't much of a scorer. He's just there for defense and to psych players defense, out. Yeah. Brooke Lopez will maybe hit you a couple threes, get you a couple rebounds, but he's not going to do you much inside the paint. He, it's all Giannis inside the paint. Chris Middleton is not a beautiful uh, guard. He's a good guard, but he's not something that's all-star level. The Suns are all-star level all the way around. DeAndre Ayton is a great center. He's good all around. He can score you points in the paint. The he can get so those rebounds. Good. The Suns have so many good young role players, like you just said. I think that's the biggest thing here. Is like DeAndre Ayton is like such a like everyone talks about Devin Booker and uh, Chris Paul, but like DeAndre Ayton's a beast. I mean, Kale Bridges is a beast. Like that's what you need, guys. They have these young, like not even experienced, but that's where Chris Paul comes into play. Chris Paul yeah. has like polished these guys out and made them into mm-hmm. good players this year. But yeah, they have Chris Paul and Jay Crowder to lead them because Jay Crowder has been in these situations before. He's an older player. Uh, he, he's been through the league and he can help lead these guys to victory just as much as Chris Paul can. When Chris Paul maybe get will get flustered, or I don't know what happens in the locker room, but it, it can't rely on one person to lead your team. You got to have the dispersed. Uh, effect and it'll make everyone do well and that's what the Suns are doing and that's why they're going to win this series 2-0 I think they're going to take one game from the Bucks. if not it's going to go in six but I really want them to to take one from the Bucks, and I want them to close out in Phoenix because that would be amazing I cannot tell you how happy I am every time Giannis goes up to the free throw line and air balls the shot you hear the crowds two, going one, three. two, three, four. Every time, oh my God. it's a I love it. <laughs> I love it. I freaking love it. And I'll tell you why I love it. It's like, the thing is, is like, I remember like three years ago, I went to a, went to a Celtics Bucks game. My friend was saying that, like, Giannis, he always, does, he always does that. He just dribbles the ball out like this. And that's like illegal. And now that the whole league, like, I think like it actually gets it. It's, it's gotten in his head. It, it, it has gotten in his head. You saw me the other night. He airballed a free throw shot. It affected him mentally. You gotta wonder. I mean, is like I, that? There you go. Like it. I've seen I've seen twelve and thirteen year olds now have a more consistent free throw average than Giannis, an All Star MVP, NBA level player. Like, come on, they they're literally called free throws. Get out of your head. You've gotten out of your head. Lo- long enough to be in the league and get an MVP trophy and get to the finals. I I think that maybe when he comes back from the offseason where he's going to be like F you to everyone and be like, look at my free throws now. 
and and he'll be good. But I think that they also do. The Bucks all together as a team need another All Star, and yeah. I don't think they have that. Maybe well, Chris Middleton develops into something better, but he's not. He's good when it's not about Giannis. They can't both share the same. for years, like the, the Bucks need another player. They need a number two. Yeah, I've been saying that for this yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, this is not uh, just to put a bow on this. This is not that overly complicated. Like you and I look, I'm a, I I love sports. I'm not the biggest NBA guy. Like I I'm I kind of pop in toward the end of the season and then obviously for the playoffs. But like it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Like just watching, like just watch the games. Like the Suns are clearly the better team. Like it's just you're there at no point, even during game two when Giannis started going off. Like did anyone really think the Bucks were going to win that game? Like no, no. it just they're just this is not the the Suns are the better team. They're going to win the series, and sometimes it's not you know you don't have to you don't have to think too hard about it, right? Yeah, I mean the Suns are coached to perfection. They play flawless team basketball, and that strategy is going to work out a lot better for them, especially at, towards the end of the playoff run. Now you got Giannis isoing every other possession, and but it's going to be tough for them he's to win the game. He's he's taking the ball out of these players' hands. I again, I think I think in a way he's what he's doing is hurting the Bucks. Because mm-hmm. he's not getting anyone else involved. I mean, I, I said that the other night. Since he's been back, the Bucks' production off the bench, the starters around him, the production has gone down. And now all these Bucks fans, you know, my friends are going, oh, Giannis is so good. He's so good. Guys, he, no offense to Giannis, too. He's not an elite shooter, too. I think what the Bucks need to win a title, which is in their, I don't think they're going to win this year, they need an elite three. Like Chris Paul in the Bucks. imagine that. Can you imagine, like, Chris, I even said that. Before he went to the Suns, guys, I said to my friends, what if you get Chris Paul in the Bucks? Different story. You bring in Damian Lillard to the Bucks. That's what the Bucks need. I just don't think they can win with just Giannis because Giannis isn't an elite pull-up shooter. He has, like, that nice little fade. He's getting better at it. But he's an inside-the-paint guy, and you can't win. It's, this is not the 90s mm-hmm. anymore. It's not the early 2000s. You can't win based on taking it to the basket every time. Yeah, Period. it's very easy to shut down a team when you can't spread the floor. That's, I mean, that's the basis of defensive basketball. If you're not able to spread it and move the ball around, you're not going to find an open shot and you're not going to score. Like, it's that simple. Yeah, it's not a, um, it's pretty easy to tell. Like, just like Michael said. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, I yeah. think they're going to win. Um, it's been pretty easy to tell that throughout the beginning all the yeah. way up to now. Yeah. Uh, we'll see on Sunday how it, how it shapes up. But, you know, on another note, what do you guys think about this Conor McGregor fight coming up tonight? <laughs> I I can't wait to watch this happen. This is this is a match that's like it, it's one of those that like you you weren't expecting for a long time and all of a sudden it pops up and you're like, "Let's go." Like I'm so excited for it. I think I think this is my prediction. If Conor loses this fight, all of his UFC career is done. It's done. He's not going to be famous anymore. He's not going to be entitled as as a, a UFC fighter because he's lost now. If he would lose, I think he's at five right now. He lose this. That's at six. I mean, he's lost so many fights. You put you can't put him up with one of the best fighters in the world. He got his ass handed to him when he fought uh, Mayweather, and then Logan Paul doesn't doesn't even get knocked out. <laughs> I mean, those are different sports, but like the the argument still stays. Like we know Connor's not the best, but he's the best marketer. That's why he's so big. 
Like he's going to be famous regardless if he's still in the UFC or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean he is it's crazy to me that he's still such a draw, right? I mean to your point, he is just like, you know, even if you're not a UFC fan and I'm not the biggest one, but like I mean I'm I'm interested like I'll probably end up getting it, right? Like it just mm-hmm. it's and it's it there are those guys are are few and far between still. I feel like the guys that transcend you know, their sport into kind of the mainstream pop culture and, and, um, you know, but at some point, you know, I think as, as Elliot said, like, it's, it's like, this is probably his, you know, his, his star is fading a little bit, right? Like he needs to, yeah. he needs to come up big tonight or else, you know, maybe, maybe curtains. What, what I think is that if he loses this fight too, we're going to see in, his name in the news, like one more time, and it's going to be getting in a street fight somewhere and yeah. end up in jail again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, I mean, it's also like 120 degrees in Las Vegas today, so yeah, it should be fun lose. for everybody who's uh, <laughs> hanging out and Everyone's getting, getting be all. Miserable. Yeah, exactly. Fucking oh, the sun. Yeah. All right. Um. So how about the lightning? Ooh. Well. Let me guess, is... Ben. Ben's gonna go into something about 18 yeah, million over the cash. Watch this. Watch. Here we go. Every time. Every time. All I'm saying is there 18 million over the cap. I mean, you should I'm get that tattooed on you at this point. point. Exactly. All I'm gonna say is I've been saying this for weeks now. I've been saying my I've been saying this since the beginning of the playoffs. Here's where here's where I go. Am I glad Montreal didn't win? Absolutely. I don't like Montreal. Okay. I cannot stand the Montreal Canadians. Um they're just that's the team, that's the Bruins' biggest rival. What do you have against Canadians, Ben? I know. Oh, <laughs> but hey, listen. It's hockey. It comes to hockey fans. They're different kinds of people. They're hostile. Hey? <laughs> They're hostile. Yeah, outside of hockey, nicest people. But man, hockey. They love. They love their hockey. You can't. You got to give them credit. Um, back to the Lightning, though. Congrats, Lightning won. Better team. Let's just be honest, though. This off season, let's fix it up. NHL. Time for some new teams to get in here. I'm so sick and tired of watching the same Lightning team getting all these guys. Some there's like a loophole. Like, how can you afford Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov? It's time. It's time to see. Like, it's time to like split these guys apart a little bit. Come on. But what's wrong with the dynasty? You don't like dynasties, Ben? That does not good for you. Don't like having. Well, well when the Celtics, when the Celtics, teams, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. When the Celtics, are <laughs> that's, the that's Patriots. Exactly. Wow, I'm seeing a little go. pattern here, Ben. <laughs> Give me a time. The Patriots were ever over the cap, though. We actually underspended. Oh, we didn't spend it all. Especially some of those twenty. Because you 20. can't be over the cap in the NFL, Ben. That's why they're not over the cap. Tampa was like absurdly over the cap, and like Nikita, like Nikita Kucherov shouldn't have been able been able to play in the playoffs. Like that, that's not a whole thing. Like he was out the entire regular season, and there's like a rule in the NHL. I thought that was like if you're on IR the whole entire season, you can't play the playoffs. So that's another thing. Like how was Nikita Kucherov? He was he was able to play in the playoffs. That was another thing. Like I just time to change up a little bit. I love the NHL. For once, I actually have enjoyed. I enjoyed the NBA playoffs a little bit more than the, than the uh, NHL playoffs. And well, it was a weird. I mean, it was a weird. Still, kind of the fallout from the bubble, right? It's the weird, the the, yeah. the, the Canadian format. It just, you know, it was still a weird yeah, to see I, to see two Eastern Conference teams in the finals was weird. And Montreal you know. was not that good. I yeah, just, I, I, beat, I guess they beat Vegas. That was a good one for the, a good series. Vegas was a really good team. Yeah, but I just think Montreal, the, the, like Toronto, always chokes. We know who the Maple Leafs are. Their team, the Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff series in almost 20 years, okay? And that's it's Toronto. They have signed some high-profile guys. You have John Tavares, Austin Matthews, uh, Mitch Marner. They still haven't been able to finish the job. You know, and then you have the Winnipeg Jets. Just teams that just weren't that good. And then the Vegas Knights is one thing, but Tampa, Montreal, it just was a weak, like you said, Michael. It's just 
we it was not the same playoff. I think it'll be better next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, I mean, I mean, the, they're probably the best team in the league, and they won the cup. So what do you get? I mean, not much yeah. you can say I mean, otherwise. Yeah, right? the most logical finals I've seen at this point. Right. Yeah. Right. I I say good for them. You know, last year they got to win, but they didn't get to do it in front of their family. They didn't yeah. get to do it in front of their fans. Yeah. This year they got to do it in front of their fans, family, yeah. and got to celebrate for it. And how yeah. about the city of Tampa? I mean, good lord! Like, what a ride. Two eighty days. What a run! And the Rays, almost. I mean, like it's been unreal. It's been, it's been wild. It's been wild. They've Good been partying them. a lot down there, I guess. Well, they party anyway a lot down there. Yeah. But. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Vasilevsky too for the MVP as a goalie. Mm-hmm. Five shutouts and sixteen wins in the postseason. Uh, second to win back to back since seventies. Yeah, I don't know how close you guys were watching, but every elimination game, Vasilevsky came up with a shutout. He was just ice cold. Yeah. That Islanders game he played against the Islanders, he played unreal in that game. That was incredible. And the thing is, no, I no, I, I the Lady are a great team. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky deserves. I just think it's time to just let's get this cap thing a little figured out because I just think you're hearing a lot of players around other teams saying like Dougie Hamilton, for instance, was saying that it's like. How can you be the team that has each million of the cap that has at least, in my opinion, five superstar players? That's all I'm saying. Like, Nikita Kucherov is a superstar. Raiden Point is a superstar. Andre Vasilevsky, I think, is the best goalie in the league. He's the number one goalie in the league. It, it, it's pretty obvious what Ellie just said. He had five shutouts in the playoffs. Now it's confirmed that he's number one in the I'm league. <laughs> I mean, Steven Stamkos is older, but he's still – Steven Stamkos is still a star. You know, you can't tell me the team – like, I don't know. It, you know, I, I don't hate – it's, it's, I'm a little bit of a Bruins fan. Maybe you can call me salty, but you know, I won. I won the Islanders. I mean, I wanted like someone else this year, but I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, it's, I'm just not surprised. I, I came in as a brand new fan at the beginning of the playoffs. Everyone said Tampa Bay's winning and Tampa Bay won. Like, I thought, I thought it was either. Hey, shut up. You're a Kraken fan. I am a Kraken <laughs> fan, but <laughs> let's get cracking. Let's get going. Here we go. All right, now I guess that wraps up our, our playoff talk. But uh, it, it would be wrong of us not to do a proper interview this episode. <laughs> so uh, let's officially welcome on Michael Berger. He is the current executive producer at the Call of Duty League. It's a little fanboy moment for me. I'm a big Call of Duty <laughs> fan. I've been watching it forever. So Love that. this is big for me. Love that. But Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's fun to uh, fun to be on. I love I love doing stuff like this. So, thanks for yeah, having this me. This is awesome. But yeah, if you wanted to give a quick rundown on your career, or sure, however you want to do. Yeah, it. happy to. I've been doing sports media production uh, for more than twenty years now. I'm really old. Um, I uh, I went to journalism school at Northwestern. Um, I'm from Cincinnati, yeah. Ohio. Big uh, what, Benny? Yeah, you went to school with Megan Markle. So. I did go to school with Megan Markle. Yes, I did. Um, big uh, from Cincinnati, big big Bengals and Reds fan. Um, worked in Cincinnati after I graduated for a little bit, and then uh, did my first of three Olympics for NBC Sports uh, in 2004 in Athens. Moved to LA after that and worked out here for uh, CBS Sports. Did two more Olympics and then started working at the NFL. NFL Network in 2008, uh, 
doing all sorts of stuff, um, producing NFL Total Access, the draft, combine, Super Bowl, schedule release, you name it, kind of all the stuff you, you've seen, you know, in the last decade or so with all the new content being churned out by the NFL yeah. machine. Um, left uh, in 2016 to go work for a, uh, a virtual reality company that was doing a lot of cool sports stuff. So I thought I was like, let's just take a shot at this and see what happens. I think I'm still super bullish on VR and kind of immersive content in general. Um, and I was, we actually had a lot of partnerships with NFL films, the NBA, the IOC, and did a lot of like long form kind of documentary style content in virtual reality. So you kind of felt like you were living the lives of these athletes or these teams and that kind of stuff. So it was really cool. Um, and then, yeah. And then about two years ago, um, somebody kind of approached me and was like, Hey, do you want to, are you interested in, in esports?" And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Um, and we had done some, some esports stuff, um, with the VR company that I worked for. We actually went to, um, the, some of the IEM tournaments, uh, the big kind of like majors, um, throughout the world. I went to Poland a couple of times, uh, in Katowice to film some stuff in VR. And that was my first real exposure to esports. And I was like, this is, this is lit. Like, what is, this is like, what is happening here? <laughs> um, and, yeah, I was fortunate enough to to kind of come on um, when the Call of Duty League was formed. Obviously, there was the CWL, which was um, you know in existence for a while. But th- when the when the franchise model came out um, at the beginning of last year, with twelve you know city based uh, teams, there was this emphasis to kind of you know bring some of the um, concepts and strategies and approaches from traditional sports that I had worked in for so long and bring it over to esports, And that's kind of what we've done. Um, and we've built an entire league and broadcast team and viewing experience um, kind of from scratch. Um, and it's been, it's been wild. It's been uh, all the things, obviously we had a whole, um, you know, plan and vision to have this kind of traveling circus of esports and go city to city and, and take over arenas around the world. Um, you know, as we launched the league and we did that for about two months and then obviously the pandemic <laughs> hit. And so we had to completely pivot and move online, um, to, you know, to this remote kind of production workflow and, and move all the matches online. And we were, look, we were very fortunate that we could even do it in the first place because, there's so many sports that shut down for so long, but we, we took about a five week break to kind of recalibrate and get everything, you know, get our ducks in a row. And then we kind of went right back at it. Um, so we've been churning along and doing all this online stuff for a while. And we actually just had our first live events, uh, with, with players on LAN um, a couple of weeks ago in Dallas, we have an, another major, our fifth major of the season coming up in three weeks in Dallas again with fans in attendance, which is going to be awesome. And then we have um, our championships in Los Angeles um, at the end of August um, where we'll have fans and players. And that's going to be kind of the, the, the coup de grace of what's been a pretty interesting, you know, two year journey for, for, you know, what I think has the potential to be the biggest esport in the world, just because of how popular the game is and, and how much reach, you know, the, the, the IP has, um, I mean, it's call of duty. There's, you know, there's no bigger game probably in the history of the world. So um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the quick story. Um, and I know, you know, there's a lot of people who might not really understand esports or, or what this is or what we do or, or kind of the, you know, why this has so much potential to be not only this particular title, but just kind of esports in general has the potential to be kind of the next, um, you know, the next big thing. 
um, yeah, so it's, it's been really awesome. Obviously I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think of it really that much differently than working for the NFL or, or any other league. It's just, you know, instead of it, instead of the, the Florida Marlins, it's the Florida Mutineers. And instead of the Seattle Seahawks, it's the Seattle Surge. And, it, and it's, right. you know, there's the same rivalries and storylines and villains and, you know, fan bases are super passionate and, and it's, you know, it's been a really cool transition and an interesting, um, you know, pivot for me. Um, but excited to see where it goes and, um, you know, definitely ready to, to finish off the season strong and, and get back in the, you know, the think tank for next year and see how we can do it even better. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, my first question, and I have to ask is who's your favorite team and who, who's winning the stage five major? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not technically not allowed to root for anybody. Um, I have found myself, um, being a big fan of Toronto. I just feel like their story, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere. Right. I mean, they're, we obviously know it. We know Atlanta is the best team in the league. For those who don't know Atlanta is like, they're, what are they now? Like 33 and four this year or something in matches. Like they literally never lose. It's crazy. They're like a cheat code. Um, so they're, they're the kind of undisputed best team in the league, but there was this kind of open slot for who was going to be number two. And it was, you know, it could, was it going to be off to Chicago, Dallas empire who won the championship last year? Uh, you know, and any, anyone could have really kind of claimed that spot and Toronto kind of came out of nowhere and just has become like this force. I mean, they are just, they play such Mm -hmm. solid pod and like they never make mistakes they're like they're kind of like the spurs right like they just like you don't really know what happened and all of a sudden you realize you're down 20 and it's like wait how did (laughs) what how did that happen um like the old you know the old like tim duncan spurs um and so i and they're and they're such good kids like all four of those kids and methods too are such good kids they have a great organization um they do a lot of really great content um kind of you know around around their their team and their personalities and and I, I think it's been a cool story to see what they've done this year yeah they emerged as like a like an underdog mentality now they're yeah. one of the favorites going into this major so yeah it's yeah. been crazy watching them my my favorite team's optic chicago so yeah. i've had a, a pretty rough run this year with uh no event wins yet but yeah it should be coming soon but they, listen anytime those guys you know those guys can pop off anytime and they and anytime. obviously you know just to give everybody else additional context they are by far the most popular team in the league in terms of of just fan engagement viewership all that stuff like when when they play our our viewership goes up you know probably 30 40 thousand um mm-hmm. and, and it's you know it's cool to see a team every every league needs a team like that um but to your point they haven't really put it together on the field yet this year um yeah. so but they're they're always they're always a threat to win any event that they're that they're in so Right, so I close, yeah. I really have no idea how any of this works. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for someone like me, can you yeah. explain uh, maybe like a short breakdown of how all this works, how the league works, how yeah. like, you pick a team and absolutely so championships. Yeah. So as I said, it's not that um, dissimilar from traditional sports. So so Activision, which which makes the game Call of Duty, right. um, started a league two years ago, a professional Call of Duty league, which existed previously, but they. Um, formalized it in, in a franchise model. So there's a, there, are, there are 12 teams all over the world. There's two teams in L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Florida, Seattle, London, Paris, Toronto. I'm sure I forgot a couple. Um, and those teams um, are largely funded by sports owners. So okay. the owner of the Vikings owns the Minnesota Rocker team that is in our league. The 
the owner of the Rams owns the the LA team. So there's a lot of sports, traditional sports tie-in to a lot of our teams. Mm. And every team has four starters. So there are four four players on each team, and then there's a bench team. And some teams have academy teams where they're developing young talent. We've seen this year, you know, it's the minor league. So we've seen a lot of players get called up from the AAA or the or the G League version of what we have and, and get called up and, and do incredibly well. Um, so there's four starters. Um, there are coaches. There was there's trades. We had a trade this year. There's free agency coming up at the end of the year. There's a like there's all the different all the same. Yeah, it's all the same terminology, all the same you know features that you guys know and and identify with in in regular sports. Um, and the season's broken down into five stages. So we have three weeks of just like group play where the teams play each other for seeding. And then how you fare in those three weeks of, of kind of regular season matches determine where, what your seeding is into that major that's coming up at the end of the month. So you play three weeks, and then if you do really well, you get a high seed for the major. If you don't do as well, you get a low seed. And then there are five majors, and all the while you accumulate points. So if you win a match, you get a certain number of points. You win the major, you get a bunch of points. It's kind of like NASCAR or whatever, anything like that, right? And then uh, at the end of the year, the top eight teams in the point standings – make the championship and uh that's coming up like i said at the end of august and the winner this year of champs the winning team i think gets 1.4 million 1.2 million i forget the number but it's it's a serious prize pool um and that's a i mean that's a that's a life-changing chunk of money for some of these kids right and they're all kids right they're all 18 to 20 i think the oldest player is 28 i think clay or krim is 28 27 28 yeah um something like that um, I should know that, by the way. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 a. Uh, I mean, this is this is no. You know, we're not messing around. This is this is real money. This is real competition. You know, this is we are we're making this as as real and as epic as we can. Obviously, having it online has has been challenging in terms of building the league in the way that we may have imagined it initially, but it doesn't take away from how in- insanely talented these kids are. I mean, they're, they're freaks. There's 48 people in the world that get to do this and be, you know, on these teams. And it's like, I mean, we've done sports science, you know, type segments on, on, you know, on hand-eye coordination and, and reflex timing and all that stuff. And it, it matches up with a quarterback, a goalie, like these kids are, I mean, you always have the debate of like, is this a sport? And I always go back to like these kids are absolute freaks, and and I like the grind, the determination, like the the approach that they have to have to stay on top and not let all these up and coming kids. And there are hundreds of millions of kids, as you guys know, that play Call of Duty and and want to get to this level. Um, it takes a lot to stay there, and you know it's these guys, in my opinion, are athletes, and you know their their skill level, I think, reflects that. Now, like you said, there are only like 48 players that, that get to compete at this level. Do you think with the growing market uh, in esports that they're going to have to grow this league and grow ex- have expansion packs and teams and yeah, maybe I mean, bigger rosters? For sure. I mean, well, we actually we cut down the rosters last year. It was initially the first year was 5v5. So there were five starters on a roster, and it just got – it was a little bit unwieldy. It was, it was hard to follow sometimes. There was a lot going on on any given map, and we thought that that moving it to four v four was was going to improve, um, you know, the viewing experience, and it has. I think watchability wise, it's just such a cleaner game and product to watch. 
Um, but in terms of additional franchises, that's definitely something we're looking at. I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen next year, but I, I definitely know there's interest and there's a lot of teams and orgs that want to be a part of this. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple years, maybe even next year, we have, you know, whatever the number is, two, four, six, however many more teams um, in the league to, to continue to grow it, as you said, and, and make it, you know, even bigger. Now, what do you think is, like, I know when you go play football, you can go outside and toss a football. That's how you get better. How do you get better at these games? How do you get faster reflexes? Do you just play the game more? Yeah, it's just it's just a grind. I mean, we definitely we have we have a challengers uh, program, which is basically our path to pro. So it's our amateur system where players can play in different ranked tournaments and different ladder systems in order to kind of get to the you know kind of move their way up, and that's how they get identified. We even had a combine this year last year to like identify talent. I mean, this is this is literally this is like awesome. exactly the same stuff. Just instead of football, it's Call of Duty or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so there's we're we're really focused on our amateur system and trying to kind of find those next stars of tomorrow. Um, and yeah, man, it's just like it's like anything else. Like the more reps you have, the better you get. And and like you know, you obviously requires a certain inherent amount of skill to like play the game and be good at it. But you can definitely. I mean, I didn't play a ton when I started this gig and like, I, I mean, I'm not going to be a pro obviously, but like I definitely have gotten better and can hang in, in pub lobbies. And I, you know, I was playing Warzone till I don't know what time last night. So like it definitely, it just takes, it just takes a lot of hours on the sticks. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you, you know, you sort of find that you have this talent and you get recognized and you start streaming or whatever it is, right. There's different ways to get recognized, but it's just, it's just sheer hours played. Um, and, you know, obviously it's, it's a little tricky because we there's a new game that comes out every year, so you kind of have to relearn. It's the same game. It's Call of Duty, but there's, it's different titles. It's different developers. Some of the movement's different. The the UI is different. But um, you know, if you can if you can shoot, you can shoot. Um, and these kids these kids can shoot. So that they definitely can. It's yeah. been crazy. It's been crazy watching it. They don't miss, man. It's like they it's don't, like ever. here's the here's the analogy I use. It's like so I my first Olympics I did for NBC. Um, was in Athens, and one of the events I covered was archery. And, like, let me explain Olympic archery just sort of very simply. They put the bullseye as far – you can't even see it. That's how far – it's literally, like, a mile at the end of the stadium. And, like, these guys, like, throw the thing up in the air, and it's a bullseye every time. And, like, if basically in archery, if you don't get a bullseye every time, you lose. Like, that's pretty much archery. Yeah. How far was it? How far I don't know. It? It's like it's like it's like a quarter of a mile. It's like crazy. Like it's literally the other end of this. It's like it's like four hundred meters or something. It's literally like crazy. And or it's like darts. Like right, you go to like a bar and you're like, oh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna start rolling this guy and just like throwing up twenties or throwing up bullseyes. And like someone just hits three bullseyes in the middle and you're like, uh, okay, I'm not winning. Like they just they don't miss. It's crazy. Like you could like I've played lobbies with some of these kids before just like just to see it's kind of like pick up basketball right like you go play a game and you're feeling good and you're like hitting threes and you're like oh i got this and then the next team comes on and you get dunked on like every single play <laughs> like that's that's pretty much what it's like and these kids are they are sick it is disgusting yeah uh i uh, one thing i want to bring up is yeah, we focus on sports a lot on this podcast, but it also very is much based around psychology. Yeah. So a question I have for you is like, uh, how do you feel that esports, I guess mainly Call of Duty uh, players, um, 
how do they compare mentally to other sports? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we focus that we we spend a lot of time on on the mental health side of it um, because I think, you know, it's a little bit of a different career path, right? Like someone said, like you can't go outside and like shoot baskets or whatever. Like it's all it's very self contained. It's very isolating to a certain extent. Obviously, you can be on the headset and talking to people and, and socializing that way, but like it is it is a very kind of you know solo mission in many ways, um, and and that can be challenging, right? Um, but I think in terms of like, you know, you see it even now, like, like the players that are mentally tough and can like persevere and overcome adversity, whether it's in the middle of a map, whether it's something that happens with a teammate, whatever it is, like the, the teams that are able to rise above just like any other sport, right? Like mm-hmm. those are the ones that are able to, to be there day in and day out and just like show up and, and and just fry. So um, it's, you know, and they're kids, right? That's the other tricky part too, is like, they're, they're just like, I mean, some of these kids are literally 18. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, there's a match going on right now between Dallas and the LA gorillas. And like, you know, some, some, you know, shots, he's like 21, not even, I think he's 19 or I right? like, so some of these kids are, and he was the MVP last year of their whole league. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's, um it's, it's wild. And there's definitely been, you know, there are some times where, they're kids and they have, you know, issues and, 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 um, you know, they find themselves in situations that they don't know quite how to handle. And, and we, we work with the coaches and our, our player relations coordinators and that kind of thing on, on making sure that they're okay. And, and, you know, making sure that they are, are, um, you know, are, are handling everything. Okay. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of eyeballs, right. Um, there's a lot of expectations, like you're playing for, for a team, for a city, for an organization, for all these fans. And, and like, you know, it's, these are just kids. They're just kids. So it's, it's definitely, it's been, it's interesting to watch, um, you know, the ones, like I said, the ones that are, that are mentally tough are the ones that are able to, to pull through and, and kind of be those, those stars for us. And, and yeah, but we're, it's, it's something we're super focused on because um, it is, it's super important to the, right. to the vitality of the league long-term. Well, well, and, mental, oh. Go ahead, Elliot. On that mental note, um, I know, like, there's always been cases of, like, drug abuse during um, different sports, and then the league has to step in and set boundaries on what, what is allowed, what isn't allowed. Do you, Is there any policies like this in the league currently? Do you see any problems developing, uh, like Adderall or Speed or any drugs like that to help overall performance and durability? Yeah, so we just had a player recently – um, a guy named Hook, who plays for one of the LA teams, Los Angeles Thieves, who's a subsidiary of, of obviously of, of Hundred Thieves, who's a big esports organization. Um, he came out and and openly and bravely talked about his Adderall use. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, it's, I mean, it's out there. Like, I, I don't, I don't know the extent exactly to you know how much it's used, what players use it, what don't. Um, I'm not a player. I don't want to speculate on that because because I don't know. Um, but I do know that we are um, actively uh, talking about, again, the best way to support our players, because without the players, we have no league. Um, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, if we don't know that it's going on and now that Hoop was, was, you know, brave enough to come forward and talk about it, like, you know, it's something that we can, we can start to, to, to think about. What is the best way to, again, support our players, um, to level the playing field, um, and, and really continue to, 
invest in these kids who, again, are, are I mean, they are the league, right? So, um, you know, it's something that I think is, is top of mind for us, um, you know, now that this has kind of become, um, you know, a, a bigger story. Um, and I think it'll be a, a focus for us moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to ask you about the the hoop situation too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a crazy situation right now. I mean, Elliot, like to put in perspective, like these are eighteen year old, these are like freshmen going out and playing in front of two hundred, three hundred thousand people yeah. for millions of dollars. Like, yeah, yeah, there there's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure that builds up around these kids, and you can see it break them down sometimes. Yeah, and that yeah, was like I mean, a big story. Yeah. Adderall is also one of the best drugs probably to do to do well in this game. I mean, I I was, I'm ADHD, so I've been on those type of drugs prescription wise. And the laser focus that you have on those, those type of uh, medicines is like astronomical. So I can definitely see how it could be, it could be like steroids in the NFL. Um, It's a different, you know, they have different effects and what you need to succeed in a different sport Oh, it's different in variability. So, Elliot, you brought up a good point. I actually have uh, my my college roommate. He would take he took uh, Vyvanse Adderall too, and he's telling me that like just it, it is a, it is a steroid in the ga- in the gaming industry. It's 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 crazy how and he and he would and he would take it. He'd tell me like he'd be I'm not gonna say who he is, but I'm just like he was playing and he just he focused like he just could focus on the game. It's crazy like how he's just you can see. Like he's just so locked in, and it 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 is it helps. It's like it like you were saying. Like I mm-hmm. I I think it really shows you that it it is like a steroid, and like to like it's the same thing as steroids in COD. Yeah, and like to to what extent can these players that are you know maybe sixteen or seventeen get you know get these things and do really well at these younger levels and get noticed? And then make it to the league, and then you do develop those um, those processes or policies where you can't you can't use these drugs. You can't. Um, we're going to start testing you. And then as soon as they get to the league, they plummet. They don't do well. They have to get off of these. And then you then next thing you know, these kids are in rehab, or these these kids are are suffering from more than uh, more mental abuse that they would outside of the league than they would inside. Yeah, as I said, it's something that's that's the highest priority for us, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's 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 tricky, but we're uh, we're excited to kind of figure out how to how to move forward there. So I'm sure you guys will get past it. Every great league has, so yeah, for sure. There's always that one barrier that every league has to overcome. Yeah. The, yeah. This is the Call of Duty leagues. This yeah. is it. Yeah. I got one last question, and yeah. then we can get back into the the, the sport talk if we sure. wanted. Yeah, whatever you want. So, uh, what is like the thing you are most excited for, or I guess to see developed in the Call of Duty League in the coming years? Um. Wow. Uh, how much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I mean, honestly, like this is going to sound like a non-answer answer, but like. The answer is all of it. Like, I, like, cause we're literally like, this is the, this is the one yard line. Like we literally yeah, just like, started. we just started and like, we haven't even really had like a fair shake at it. Like we did, we launched in January of last year. We had four events 
the way that we had envisioned with fans in the arena and players there and like all the fanfare, all the craziness, like all that stuff. And then it all went away and we've been doing this online thing for, you know, the last 15, 16 months. And now we're finally getting back to some kind of hybrid version of, of what we, I think, you know, envisioned initially. Um, and so now it's like, okay, like what, what is the world going to look like next year? And how do we, how do we best position this, um, in terms of growth, like how do we get this to grow? And I think for us, the biggest challenge is, and I'm sure, you know, John, you can appreciate this being an active player is like, how do we convert the casual call of duty player to actually then come and watch the competitive side? Because there are, you know, 300 million monthly active users. And like, if we get 2% of that, like, you know, that's all we're not taught. It's there's this huge, surface area and swath of, of people that, you know, are there to be converted. And so how do you do that? Right. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it's been challenging, right? Like there's just because, you know, you play call of duty and so many people do, does that necessarily mean that you're going to want to watch other people play call of duty? And, and for some people, the answer is no, and that's okay. Right. But like, for me, like, I, like I'm watched literally there's a match going on right now and I'm like, I'm I'm into it. Like Dallas is smoking LA right now. And I'm like, holy shit, these guys are frying. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, so I think I think for me, the thing um the biggest priority for me is again is viewership and growth and how we how we take the Call of Duty ecosystem, which is as big, if not bigger than any gaming ecosystem in the world, and how do we, you know, strategically attack um the people that live there and 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 get them to understand how cool this is and how like like what a just like how how awesome it is you know yeah um and so yeah so and then like in terms of production like next year i don't know what's gonna happen is it are we gonna go back to a full arena you know production show in a big production truck with everybody on site is it gonna be what we're doing now online where I'm producing the show literally from my office and people are in their garages and on couches. And like, is it going to be some kind of hybrid model where we do kind of a little bit of both? So like, there's so many interesting questions um, that have yet to be answered. And, and that's frankly, cause like I said, we haven't really gotten a, a fair kind of shake at it. So um, I'm excited to see where it goes. It's not often that you're kind of at, you know, the ground floor of something like this and where yeah. you get to kind of build it from scratch. Like I remember being in those first couple of meetings where we're talking and yet granted, it's not, it's not baseball or football or basketball. But we're, we're talking about like, okay, like how do the playoffs work? Is it best of five? Is it best <laughs> of seven? Are there wild card teams? Like all this stuff that I'm like geeking out on. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know? So it's, um, it's really cool to see this thing just continue to, you know, just kind of evolve into whatever it's going to be. And, you know, I'm glad to be, um, you know, a part of it and excited to kind of be along for the ride. Yeah, I think you guys are set up for success this year because with quarantine, it at least brought a lot more eyes to Call of Duty. For sure. And that'll definitely transfer when you see a lot of the storylines develop on land yep. with crowds in the building. Like, it, it's going to be a good year for you guys, I'm yeah. telling you. I mean, we had our, our championship match last year. We set an all-time record with, like, 330,000 viewers. Um, obviously we're looking to, to top that this year. And, and if that's the case, we'll, we'll have a good, a good off season. I can, I can take a vacation maybe and, you know, go somewhere and, and relax for a minute. But, um, 
yeah, it's been, it's been a really, really cool journey and um, excited to see where it goes. Awesome. All right, let's swap back into some sports talk, get you yeah. away from Call of Duty a little All bit. Good, man. Yeah. So let's move into the NIL ruling. The big news from the past week, I'd say, was definitely this, this case, getting it heard. Now all these college athletes get the money that they deserve. Uh, what, what do we think? This is, this is big in my eyes. I'll let you, I talked for 45 minutes. I'll let you go <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Whoever wants to. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, when the when the initial news broke, it was a couple of weeks ago, that they're going to um, begin to be able to get paid. I think this is something I, – I was thinking of it from the other side, actually, the, the other day. Like, um, I was watching – I was actually with you, Mondo, and we were watching um, basketball. And it was <laughs> as it as it started was uh, everyone stopped watching basketball and baseball and football because it became about the money and who's going to get the biggest check. And everyone has started to go from team to team because it was chasing that money. And I just started thinking, like, this is great news for college athletes that that won't make it to the league. At least they'll they'll get some money for making it to at least college. Um, but on the other side of that, will this make them more inclined to chase that check because they will feel what it what it's like to receive that money at such a young age? At 18, they're already getting millions of dollars. Not they don't have to wait till they're um, they're 22 or 21 till they've at least gotten a little bit more experience um, in the league and in the fame to know how to feel how to uh, use that money properly and how how to like take it don't not take advantage of um everything if that makes sense it, it's to me it's just it, it's interesting i i think it's good because i think the ncaa we talked about this we talked about this the last few podcasts um the ncaa is just a corrupt organization that is greedy and all they care about is themselves and them benefiting off themselves um elliot's point and here's the thing i i think like elliot said these these kids our age were 20 19 18 or 21 year olds yes some of them have made the pro have made pro sports you know you've seen 16 year olds in soccer leagues you've seen those kids out of high school play basketball however this is this is different guys they're in college these kids are still there to kind of get an education and they're making like millions of dollars um i i here's an example um and johnny you are on barstool dave portnoy comes out that same day going, all these kids just messaged me. I need, I want what they want to, they want to be endorsed and all that. But like, is that good or bad? You know, is is this really, do do kids, kids should be, should they be making $2 million, $3 million? I mean, is that really what it's about now? Because here's, that's the thing. Like, are kids not going to work as hard or maybe they'll work harder? Maybe that's the thing. That's the question I'm asking. Maybe it's a, is it a risk reward? Um, another thing I actually thought was interesting is I don't know if you guys noticed this with, especially with college football, these meaningless, like a lot of these guys, the last five years, like Leonard Fournette, um, and other names, they've sat, they've, they've sat out, you know, in those mm-hmm. bull games, those last months of football, I don't want to get hurt because I have to save my body for the NFL. That's the thing. Now, now that you can get benefit, now, you, now that you can get paid your first years in college, you think are you going to see more playing time out of these some of these guys? Are they going to be playing in the bowl games? Are they going to be playing in their even if there's three or two losses in they have two to three losses into November? Are they going to be playing in those games? You know what I mean? So there's yeah. a lot of questions sprung up, and I don't know how I feel. I, I am glad that the NCA is not at full control anymore in that sense of it. But like, should there should these people be making millions of dollars? 
He's well, I'll throw another one. I'll throw another one out there at you. Is like this. I mean, I don't know if you guys are following what's going on with with overtime elite and like you know that the new basketball league that those guys are starting and like they just signed that kid Jalen Lewis yesterday or two days ago. Like those kids are. He's sixteen. He's getting a hundred grand minimum plus all the stock in overtime and all any kind of like if they do trading cards or games or NFTs or, and, and like so like there's it's not just the NCA that's kind of in business now, right? There's all these other kind of leagues that are you have an opportunity to go make a name for yourself and and like why i mean why wouldn't you right like what's like what's the debt what's the downside like i don't you know like so it's the the reason the ncaa has been able to do what they've been able to do for so long is because they're the only game in town and that's not the case anymore and so you're going to start to see uh, i mean you had you had you know players going overseas last year going australia and playing in those like there's just there's a lot more diversification and it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how it plays out, but it, the NCAA is, is no longer the only kind of bully on the block. So, Well, the other thing is, is like with, with the NCAA is, is like, um, guys, I don't know. This is, this is getting – because we're doing a um, – don't spoil it ahead. We're doing a draft later, you know, of the best video games. And, I'm, and you know, I'm going to already say that I love NCAA football and NCAA basketball. And I, am, I am so thrilled for them to be bringing those games back because um, I still play them on PS3. Um, but – now, you guys, you think of it, they can put the names of those players on NCA, right? Would you say that, right? They can, they can put, no more QB number three. Number three? Like, like I don't know what I was like, Tim name was, like, Scott. Scott yeah. Hamilton. Like, well, it, but it, it, guys, it predated that. When I mean, you go back and play, like, the original Tecmo Bowl on, like, regular <laughs> yeah. Nintendo, and it says, like, QB Eagles. And, like, Q, you know, I mean, some players had it, but some yeah, players didn't. And, like, does. I mean, Randall Cunningham, who was QB Eagles, was, like, the best player in the game, but it was never <laughs> in. It was always QB Eagles. So this this is, like, this goes back, like, 20, 30 years, you know? But, I mean, yeah, now that you can put these, I mean, who's, this, this is great. I mean, I, I kind of, I'm glad, I'm, I am happy for that. Like, you're going to see NCT, not only they bring back the game, you can have the actual players on the game. So, I mean, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So. How many of them do you think are gonna hold out though on their names? You give me give me this much money because I'm I'm a Heisman Trophy winner, and you don't give me that much money, you don't get to use my name in this game. I mean, if you're a Heisman that's Trophy that's winner, they're gonna that's, give that's, it to you. That's, that's the greedy side. There comes here comes the greedy side, the, the cons of it. Like you were saying, Elliot, or um, it, it's like I'm just then, here playing devil's advocate. So yeah, is it is it bad? <laughs> these, oh, these eighteen year old college kids who who is really talented at what he does, gets greedy. Oh, you have to pay me $3 million so I can be on this game. Like, seriously, is that what we're going to have to head to? You know what I mean? I don't see a problem with it. Um, The NCAA has been doing that forever. Why can't the athletes finally get their money? I don't see a big deal with it. The NCAA has been so corrupt the last, you know, how long it has been. They've been so corrupt. It's time. It just, it was time for a change, you know? And the, the NCAA didn't care about the players. They say they do. They didn't care about anyone. They cared about themselves and then benefiting themselves. At least now these players who have had, like you said, the injuries. What if they get hurt? Especially football players. There you go. You can get all this money you need. And even if you don't make it to the pros, you have a life, like not life, uh, career-ending injury. Then at least mm-hmm. you're set. You have money in the pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like especially the kids that you know come from like a low-income family that that put Absolutely. their whole life on the line just to get to to that one game in a D1 school. Uh, now they can actually feed their family back at home and uh, not just feed themselves at, in college. Well, I, I think that's great on the other aspect of it, that these these kids have been struggling their whole life, can at least get something out of it if they don't make the league. 
Absolutely. That's that's probably the biggest thing. It's like these guys that come from nothing, you know. And and that's another thing. What's going to happen with recruiting? Like, is that also playing with football? Like, your argument as a couple weeks ago, guys, is is like, Alvin, oh, am I going to get all the best players now? Or what if what if like say Oklahoma State? I'm going to pay you this money and that money. What if these high name five star recruits want to go to other teams now because they're going to get that money from another university? Another I mean, university. I'd argue that it makes it a more level playing field if you're able to give out a bunch of money because uh, you see Alabama always dominates the recruiting market. Well, you have all these other D1 super schools that can now afford to yeah. maybe help out these players. So it, it could end up making it more level in the long run. Absolutely. Now, um, for clarification, I don't know if you guys know, can coaches and I like athletic directors give money directly to these kids to entice them to come to the school or does it have to be third party sources? Not as a salary. Yeah. Right. You can't give them a salary. Right. No, but if I say, Hey, I'll give you a Rolls Royce to, to come sign for my that. team. Okay. That. That, it has to be a, like a third party sponsor coming in and being like, look, we'll pay you to advertise our product. You can't be right. taking uh, your players to strip club for Patino. That's not okay. I feel like, right. You can't. That, I'm over no. on my yacht. That's the big difference. That's what's going to stop oh the majority God. of the greed. Ten girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All wow. right. Next, next topic, and I really want to hear your opinion on on both of these. Michael is it revolves around the Olympics. So Shakari Richardson's situation with the weed and the no fan Olympic ruling. So what 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 are your opinion <laughs> on, on both of these decisions? I mean, let's start with the easier one. Uh, well, they're both pretty easy, actually. Um, the the no fans thing, like I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't, it, I, I don't think you have a choice. I mean, it's just there's it there be, it becomes a a health and safety thing, and obviously you don't wish, uh, you know, what was going on in Japan is going on right now. But there, I mean, there's no way, there's no way that you can you can safely conduct these games. Yeah. given what's going on in Japan right now with, with fans in the building. And it obviously like it's, it's, it's less than ideal. It's not what you want to see at an Olympics or any sporting event. Obviously it changes the whole, just from, from a, what I know from a production side, it changes the dynamic of everything. Like you have to then, are you going to pipe in crowd noise? Like, are you going to cover the, the, the athletes families at home and have kind of like they do with the NFL draft when you have like those, you know, the cameras after they get picked and the mm-hmm. celebration, all that, like there's just, you, it completely changes your approach. Um, editorially. Well, they'll have, NBC will definitely have like, here's yeah. mom watching me. Yeah, like, of course. But I'm saying you have to then like, it's just, it's a whole added element that like you didn't have before that you have to then yeah. build in for, which is just at this yeah. late stage of the game. Trust me, it's not easy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it sucks. Um, but I don't know, there's no way around it. Obviously, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be different. Um, but also like, I think about, I mean, when, when sports came back last year and like, we started watching them, like, obviously it was weird for a second, but like, did you really, like when I was watching baseball, like last July, like, did it really bother you that much at that point? Like, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know, like the Olympics to me have never been really about the fans. Um, you don't get as many like crap, um, video shots of the fans as you do. And other right. sports where it's very fan oriented, it's it's about the athletes. That's right. the whole thing about the Olympics is about that country. And I think that they could maybe, you know, like you said, Michael, right. um, have shots of like watch parties right. in America or Argentina or wherever exactly. it might be yep. on the sides. 
Yeah, for we sure. see them bringing in like the the virtual fans that the NBA had. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, cool. I, yeah, I, yeah, a little bit. I think you'll, yeah, it'll be interesting, but they'll have to do something. Um, so, and then, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where you want to start on this one, but <laughs> I, like, I, I just, I mean, here, so here's, here's what I'll say. So again, I've, I worked, I worked, um, the Athens Olympics, the Beijing Olympics and the Vancouver Olympics, 04, 08 and 2010. And we had plenty of stories about, um, involving, drug use involving the U S anti-doping agency, the world. And like I, so I know those organizations reasonably well in terms of how they operate and, and that kind of thing. And I will say this, um, you may not agree and I don't, and I would imagine most sensible people probably don't, you may not agree with the ruling and the decision that, um, you know, what she did was wrong. I don't think it was wrong. I don't believe marijuana is a performance enhancing drug. Um, I don't think anyone with half a brain thinks that either, but um, these organizations are um, to a fault sometimes laser focused on competitive integrity. Mm -hmm. Right. And if it, if it, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, you know, it like, so it's like, it's just, they don't, I, I think just like, society is evolving in terms of its perception about marijuana and the way that it internalizes it, you know, whether it's legal or not legal, however many states, that doesn't matter to these people, right? Mm -hmm. It's still in their mind, a drug and I'm not condoning it or defending it. Cause I think it's ridiculous and she should be allowed to run. Um, I mean, but these, these organizations are very, um, conservative in their approach and the way that they are run the way that they are built. So right. when you saw the ruling, anyone who understands the Olympic kind of holistically, like what, what it represents and all the different mechanics of it, anyone who saw that should not be surprised. If you're sitting at, at your home in Portland, Oregon being like, she got kicked out of limits for weed. What the, like that? Yes. Like you, that may surprise you, but like, this is not, um, this shouldn't be surprising to right. anybody just because of the way it's structured. Now, I will say one more thing. Um, it's going to take a minute, like, just like everything else, right? Like, like organizations, sports, society, it all kind of takes a minute to, to catch up and, and get to a different sensibility about certain things. And this is one of those things that's just going to take a minute. And by the way, I think you see the same thing at some point in the NFL or the NBA or whatever, where like, you know, at some point, it's not going to be illegal to test positive Josh, for Josh these Gordon. drugs. Right. What? Josh Gordon. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, Josh Gordon has a lot of other issues besides pot, by the way. But um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's so, yeah, listen, it's it's sad. Um, she is everything you want in an Olympian and, and a, you know, and a, a, a woman and an athlete and all these things. And, and like, so I, you know, I feel horrible for her and I'm sorry that it happened. But like, I, and I, again, I don't agree with it. But it was not a surprising result to me when it all came down, how it went down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Also, like, rules are rules. At the end of the day, like, you still have to be able to, like, not fail the drug test. Right. Especially if you're going to try and be an Olympian. Like, uh, that's that's also on you at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, pot's not that bad, but it, still, you got to be able to follow the rules or you're going to get screwed like this every time. That's the, the main point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for 
the Olympics, what's to say that she breaks a different rule when it comes out of something more harsh than just mm -hmm. using the substance? Yeah, that's, that's the big thing. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to take some time for everything to kind of change, but this is, this is a gut punch for anyone that was watching her. Yeah, because she was great, guys. I mean, she was – she could have won the gold. You know, she was up there. And it hurts, like, Team USA, like, in the relay. Like, it, I, I think she was one of the top runners for the relay races, too. Like, it's, it, this yeah. is a tough one. Tough yeah. loss for Team USA. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. How much, uh, how much time do you still have? Can you stay on a little longer? Yeah, or? Good. Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. So let's Ben. Do you want to do a Ben's breakdown today, or do you want to move oh, on right. to? I, I, I'm gonna keep it really quickly, guys. I'll keep it quick, but before all right. Um, so that first thing, gotta go into some base, mostly baseball and and a little bit, maybe a little bit of soccer. But base, baseball, guys. I don't know if you uh, listen, Michael. Um, you live in LA. He's gonna go from Venice Beach. Uh, big deal for the Dodgers. Trevor Bauer gets his big contract. This man keeps getting um held back. I mean, this guy has a sexual assault case, uh, case on him now. Not looking good for Trevor Bauer. Um, things have came out more and more as each day is happening, and it's not looking good. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about Trevor Bauer and what's going on with that. Now, if it's hurt, how much it hurt the Dodgers chances of? Oh. Um, I, I really. This is just a way, another. Like, what a waste of talent. One of the best pitchers in our in our league. One of the best pitchers of our time. And now he might not be playing baseball ever again. So. It's karma, man. Karma's yeah. catching up with him. Yeah, I saw an article about it though, and it said like the text messages he have, or he has like, on his phone are like fine. The lady was I, I was heard the lady the text messages or whatever. I mean, I don't know the name of the girl he was with, but I all I know is I heard she was into him. Um, she I, asked I, for it. Look, I'm just here, saying, I'll, I'll I'll break this down. This is this is again just like Phoenix being the better team, <laughs> just like Tampa. Like this is not that hard, okay? Uh, Trevor Bauer is a different guy. Okay. Yeah. He played for the Reds last year. Like I, 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 I'm a huge baseball is my everything. Like I follow baseball like crazy. Like I know people that know him. Like he is just a different guy. Okay. Um, is he, is he like, is he like, is he like friend? Like, is he a little odd? Is that your turn? Yes. He's just, he is an odd guy. And okay. so anything that comes out about him, whether it's true or not, whether you believe it or not, uh, should not be surprising because he just he he kind of operates on his own world and his own. I mean, just even what he stuff he did with free agency this year, how he conducted that whole thing. Like he is he is just a bit of an odd duck. Okay, so like I don't know what happened. No, nobody does. We weren't there. Okay, um, mm -hmm. but something happened, and like you something know, it, 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 I, it, it ain't it ain't good. It ain't good. Let's just let's just leave it at that. It I, I just don't know what's so kinky about getting punched in the face, but or getting you know. your skull broken. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what we're doing here, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. That's yeah. No. Um, and then the second one is like uh, 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 Tony, like um, uh, Tony guys. I mean, this guy keeps it's 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 like Mike Trout. You the the Anaheim Angels. They're not no to me. They're they're, they're the Anaheim Angels. Um. To me, guys, like it's crazy how this Angels team is not the best team in the AL. I mean, this they have two of the biggest. I mean, if, if as an Angels owner, I mean, they might not be the best team, but man, they must make a lot of money. You got Mike Trout and Otuni. I mean, this 
there were too many guys has 30. I was looking at the stats, and I watched a little bit of the Angels this week with because uh, they put the Red Sox. We'll put, I watched them a little bit more in depthly. He's guys unreal, man. He has a three, uh, three, four, four, nine ERA, and he has 33 home runs. 33. Um, and it's just incredible. He's still pretty young. Um, this guy, I, he, I mean, first of all, I, I don't know why I'm even talking about this. He is a dual threat of a pitcher and a hitter, and he just keeps getting better. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's crazy, though, how good this guy is. I mean, it, it, what do you guys think? Like, this, this, is, this is insane. Like, it's... It, yeah, it's, I mean... I mean, I'll, 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 I'll go, yeah, I'll, I'll go here quickly. Cause this is again, not that hard either. Uh, yeah. he like, I don't think, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he is arguably the best athlete alive right now. And I don't, I, and you can, and you can, you can yell at me all you want, but like, you know, how hard it is to do what he's doing on both sides of the aisle. Like I played baseball in college, you guys, like there are there, like you could you could, like you could be like you, there are two way players like you 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 pitch a little bit you hit a little bit and you're like kind of good at both or whatever but like this is there are no words for what he's doing right now it is out of control and he is dominating it is the hardest thing in the world to hit a baseball in sports i firmly believe that mm-hmm. and the second hardest thing might be to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour. And, and, I think it's harder than baseball. <laughs> what? And make it move. I think it's harder. Yeah. I think it's harder. Like, Michael, you play baseball. I think it's harder because pitching is just so mental, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it is absolutely yeah. insane what is this guy is doing right now. And there are not enough accolades, superlatives, adjectives. Like, it is – it's completely, completely insane. I mean, he's just dominating. Like, it, like you said, like, he's – like again, pitching is just imagine just, just being a pitcher is one thing. But. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine like like I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say Tom Brady because it's a bad example. But can you imagine? Um, uh, give Go me who's a good. Can, can you imagine? Um, DeAndre Hopkins. I just that name just popped in my head. Like like going to score like a hundred touchdowns and then get on the other side of the field and like intercepting seven balls and getting 14 sacks. And it's just like, it's just, it's crazy. You know, hey, like, Michael, I, will, I, will, I will tell you, I will tell you, you know, who did that though? Troy Brown. He was a good corner and Troy a good Brown stuff. Yeah. But like, again, but that's what I mean. He was good. He was good. He was a, but like, this is like elite. This is like the best player in baseball and like one of the best pitchers in baseball, you know? Right. So like, it's both things. like, he's not just, like that's what I like, mean. It both, like like it's and he's and he's doing it and he's like he's the best and he's arguably the best at both of his positions, which is just absurd. He's not even he's, he's maybe the best at both of There's his positions. There's no way, no way to 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 describe what he's doing right now. Yeah, honestly, he, he's the best DH in baseball and he's yeah, a top cool. ten pitcher in baseball right now. His ERA is not perfect, but when you throw 100 miles an hour and hit 30 homers, who cares? Yeah, it's not yeah. even the All Star yes. break yet, and he's got 33. Like yeah. this is insane. Yeah. Um, Fun to watch, man. The, the mm-hmm. third thing I was gonna like, just bring up, big uh, for soccer fans, we got the Euros, uh, the Gold Cup, uh, the, the Copa Americas tonight, Argentina versus Brazil. It's a really good game. You got Neymar versus Messi and another. Final duel, uh, former FC. I mean, I'll be watching that tonight. I mean, I don't know if people really like soccer or listen to this podcast, but I like it. And then tomorrow you got another great game, just two good, great teams, England versus Italy. Um, I'm hoping Italy wins. I just, I like Italy. I think they're the harder team this year. I mean, would you guys want to comment on a little bit of that? Like, you know, especially the Euros. The Euros have been, I don't know if you guys watched the semis, the quarters, it all just been crazy. Yeah, it's been fun. 
It's been fun. Uh, it's... I've been told it's coming home. That's all I know. <laughs> allegedly, it. coming alleged, home. allegedly, yeah. <laughs> all I hear. Um, yeah, it'll be good. I, I, I think. I think. I think I saw. It's like I mean, I mean, Dem- child of Denmark, we're making it to the semis without Christian Eriksen. Just the fact that they brought, they lose your first two group stage games. You win like your last one. Then you go out and you win. You win a couple knockout games. I got hands on the Denmark though. What a great run for them. I mean, taking England to extra time. England is a phenomenal team. I think England is probably the favorite to win. So, um, it's just it. What wow, like it's crazy, you know. But yeah, we won't. Uh, next segment. So, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, we'll we'll shorten it for time. Each of us are gonna pick our three favorite video games of all time and say wow. why. Wow. Just kind of wrap it up with a uh, video game segment. Wow. Not going to be easy, but I'll give you a couple <sighs> seconds. Wow. Can we, can we do mobile games? Because I've never really played that many games. <laughs> sure. Yeah, if we want. Sure. I'm wow. a big mobile gamer. This is hard. I already got Top my three. three. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can, yeah, I can, I can rock this. Um, for me, I, I, this is, I'm going sports because, you know me, I'm not the biggest pod person. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, our, Mike, our favorite or what we think we're the best? My Top favorite. three favorite and favorite. why. My favorite, I gotta go NCA 12 is one of them for me. I love NCA football. I can't get much better. PS3, the golden days of video games, in my opinion. Um, Madden 11, <laughs> Madden, Madden 11. I just, the, the, I mean, I watched a video on Madden. The, Madden has gone downhill so much from when it was when we were kids. The Madden when yes. I was like, in Madden when I was like 10 years old, man, I used to sit all day and play it. Like, it was fun. I just don't think Madden has like that future anymore. Like, Madden used to have all these cool features. Um, I don't know if you remember, like, on Madden 11, Madden 10, it was like, um, they had like these, like, be the hero mode or what was, what was it? You got, you got to like, Play, I, don't, I forget what the mode was, but they had like a better like franchise mode, a better everything. I just liked the game, the way it was played. I liked the graphics. The graphics are still good for its time. Um, I don't know. I just I think Madden's too. It's too. It's just I don't know. It's too eh, right anymore. I don't know. It's not really. It it, it it's hard to explain. When I'm, but I mean, my third game. Like I don't know. Never got... seen someone hate on their top three favorite games. That's crazy. <laughs> That's Benny, man. That's, That's Benny. crazy. That's Benny. That's this is my favorite game, game, and this is why it, it sucks. sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 11, NCA 12, and then I'll probably, you know, I gotta go with you know my third game. It's gotta be like MLB the show. MLB the show, like 13. God, well, I just again, like, just that was my first. Game I had to show with. I love that you said that's a golden age of video games, Ben. It's like video games were around a lot before that. Hey, listen, you know. for me, it was. I like the PS3 console. So it's a golden age of video games for Ben, not for this video games. <laughs> for me, it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know for other people it's not, but for me, it was. I just love right. like 2010, 11, 12, yeah. 13. All right. Well, speaking of the golden age of video games, here I'll go, and I'm going to give you three games on three different systems too. Okay. Because that's because that's I think that's the way you got to do this. So. Uh, the first one is, and I, I'm gonna go in chronological. Actually, uh, yeah, I'll go in chronological order. So, I I grew up on a regular old school Nintendo, eight bit NES, like as OG as it gets, right? Mm-hmm. And there are so many games. I don't even. I, it's hard to pick a game. Like I, if if it's okay, I'm gonna give a tie. It's a tie between Super Tech Mobile 
oh, and yeah. and baseball stars. <laughs> baseball stars was like there's a lot of baseball games you could pick. You could pick RBI baseball. You could pick. I mean, there's a bunch to choose from. The bases Back loaded was amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, baseball stars to me was the was just like the one I played the most. And then super. I mean, Tecmo is great, but Super Tecmo when it went from four plays to eight plays, and you got all these other <laughs> like all these other features and what I like that. I played, I can't tell you how many seasons of the Bengals I played on Super Tech Mobile. I like, and I, and Boomer Siasen threw for like 13,000 yards and like 97 <laughs> touchdowns. And like, it was, it was the best. So the, so on the NES, those are probably my two favorite, although there's a lot more I could pick. Um, on, and then after that came Sega Genesis, which is still like as, you know, as legit as it gets. The best game on Sega Genesis by far was NHL 94. 94. You guys weren't even born yet. Um, and I mean, that was, that was the first time you had, that was the first time you had one timers in the game. That was like a new feature they added there. Like those, I played on all those, I played those Kings teams with Gretzky and just, you know, it was like, it was, that was, I loved hockey as a kid, but that just like totally cemented it for me. And, and I, God, I played that game till it freaking like, <laughs> till it went in the ground. Um, and then for, um, N64, I mean, it's really hard to pit like GoldenEye is like just how do you how do you beat that? Um, Mario Golf is probably like, I mean, oh, I, 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 the new one right now. I know they that they just did actually. Um, yeah. I I can't tell you how many classes I skipped in college playing Mario Golf. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think sounds like I, Super Smash for us. I, exactly. Um, I think the clear answer though there um, is got to be the original Mario Kart on N64. It's just, I mean, there's just, there's nothing better. There's just nothing better than that game. Um, and I, I played that game well into my twenties. Um, and you know, it's just, it's got, there's a little nostalgia there obviously, but it's, you know, it's that's, and that's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. So. Definitely. All right, Ellie, you want to go? And Call right. of Duty is good too, by the way. In case anyone's after yeah, this, yeah, in case anyone forgot, <laughs> yeah. I do yeah, like yeah, Call exactly. of Duty. Yeah. 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 I was gonna yeah. say, like, yeah. one of my favorite games in high school was Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Yep, yeah, that great. game, Zombies. I had never played multiplayer. I, every yeah. now and then I'd play multiplayer, but Zombies I played literally every day. Yeah, every single day, my friends would come over and we'd play Black Ops Zombies. So I gotta say, Black Ops Two. Um, Next is 2K16. That was right before they started destroying shooting, and it was so hard to yeah. shoot threes. You could put up 100 points in, like, nine-minute quarters. <laughs> now you, you do nine-minute quarters, and you'll probably get, like, like 60 points, 70 mm-hmm. points at most. <laughs> uh, so that was great because you could actually shoot well. Um, the teams were great. The cover was great. I think that was the Spike Lee um, creation too, which was really cool. Um, yeah, the my player feature was really good in that game. Yeah, my, my player career. was a really good feature. And my last one, I I blanked. I mm. cannot remember it. Um, but those are the only two like I really loved. Let's see. I played when you brought up Sega. I played Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega all yeah. the time. Yeah. It was one of my favorite games. Yeah. Going. Dream Dreamcast was like the next gen uh, system that came out after Genesis when we were in college. You guys probably still weren't even born yet. And there were some good games. Virtua Tennis was a tennis game on Dreamcast that was, oh my God, like the, be- like the best. 
Um, there's just so many good sports games over the years. Um, but yeah, Sega, Sega brought it for sure. Sega was amazing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Need. I'll, I'll bring this one up. Need for Speed on the PSP. Uh, oh, nice. Speed's that was so much fun. Nice. All right, my top three. Uh, my first one. I'm gonna have to go MW3. Yeah. Uh, that's just my favorite Call of Duty of all time. No disrespect yeah. to BO2, but no. That's that's where I made the most memories, had the most fun. So very popular uh, MW3. Pick. Yeah. Uh, NCAA 14. Yeah. Got to rock with the last remaining uh, college football game there is. So can't <laughs> wait for that to come back. But that would be number two. Number three. Hmm. Number three. Honestly, it would probably be GTA 5. Just because there's oh, a lot of a lot of stuff I've been able to do over ten years. Dude, now, you've so. played that game so much together. <laughs> so much. So much. Why you between yeah. Call of Duty and GTA yeah. and Madden? Those I've were played, like on yeah. rotation yeah. every yeah. day. <laughs> I, I can't help it, man. I'm addicted. There's nothing I can do. But yeah, those would be my top three. Good uh, selections. All right, um, that's going to do it for the episode. So, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome having you yeah. on this episode. Listen, so I, I loved every second of it. I will come on anytime you guys want. Obviously, as you can tell, I know a little bit about more than just Call of Duty. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, good luck to you guys. Love the show um, and can jump on anytime you guys want. Sounds yeah. good, man. Thank yeah. you. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Talk Thank to you guys later. all for watching. Uh, peace. Peace. Bye. Thank you for watching this week's episode of the Sport Mind Avenue podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on our page. And stay tuned for more of our podcasts and exclusive content in the future.